1 Corinthians 15 again. I, want to, I didn't read verse 22. 1 Corinthians 15, and then we'll go to Ephesians 2. First Corinthians 15, verse 22. Watch this. For as in Adam all die. In Adam all die. If I'm here today and I'm not a Christian, I'm dead. No, I'm not. I'm walking around. How many have ever heard somebody, what, what do I need to be saved from? Why, why, why do I need to be saved? I'm a good person, I'm the, and people talk about, they don't understand, what do I need to be saved from? I need to be saved from this dude. I need to be delivered from this. You, you were born into and received his nature. You're born with the fallen nature. You're born with the sin nature. Amen. And even though I'm born again, how many know we all live in the continual process of putting off the old and putting on the new? Transformation isn't a one-time prayer. Salvation isn't a one-time prayer. The sinner's prayer is an introduction to new life in Christ. It's the beginning of a walk in the process of transformation and renewal. And so in here, I need to be saved. Because what? Verse 22, and it says, uh, for, in, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made what? Alive. So in Adam all are dead, but in Christ all shall be made alive. Go with me to Ephesians now, chapter 2. So the Apostle Paul wrote both Corinthians and Ephesians, wrote a third of the New Testament. Verse 2, chapter 2, verse 1. And you he made alive, which were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh of the mind, whereby nature, children of wrath, just as others, but God. Somebody say, but God. I love the but nows, the but gods, and the much mores. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were what? Dead in trespass, made us alive together. How? With Christ, wow, by grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places. How? In Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace to us, his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So God does an amazing work. That man is here. Man falls. God says, what I will do, one man sin, so I will send one man to redeem all men. One man, we read in Romans, one man sin, his transgression was passed down to all men. You understand that? 
And this is another part about covenant that is so good. That if I am in him, that the moment I come into him and we're brought into Christ and we receive the spirit of adoption, Romans 8, 15. We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We were predestined to the adoption of son in, in 1 Ephesians 1, 5 and Galatians 4. When Jesus was born, watch it. How does the spirit of adoption work? When Jesus is born, Joseph is not his paternal father. Are you doing all right? He's not his paternal father. Mary is pregnant by God. And so Joseph said, this is, what I, this is what God asked Joseph to do. God literally said, Joseph, you're going to adopt my son as your son. And when you adopt my son as your son, you give him your name. And literally what they would do on the eighth day when they went in for circumcision and to dedicate the child to the Lord, the father would place the son on his lap, the child on his lap, and in that place he would declare his name. Joseph placed Jesus on his lap and he declared, this is my son. And Jesus received the spirit of adoption. That's how he gets his name in the lineage because he is now, Joseph is the seed under Jacob. And he's an heir. And now Jesus is adopted in to the heir and given the name just as if he was naturally born in. Do you understand that? Just as if he was naturally born. So what God does through the spirit of adoption, Adam was the first man created, but you and I are recreated in Christ Jesus. Just as if we were naturally born without sin. Glory oh, to God. Amen. And so, look at Ephesians 2 and verse 13. Watch this. Ephesians 2 and verse 13 says this. It says, verse 13, but now, look, let's see, well, actually, verse 11. Wherefore, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision, but is by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hand, at this time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant and promises of God, having no hope and without hope in the world, but now. In Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're adopted into the family of God. Your name is now, please don't think this blasphemy, your name is now Christ. You're not, not taking place, not trans unpositioning him, not demoting, but your identity is in him. And until you see yourselves in Christ, you will always wrestle seeing yourself in yourself. If you ever get yourself out of yourself and your identity and see yourself adopted by God into Christ with everything that God has bestowed upon Christ, the word salvation literally means in the Greek, every blessing that God bestowed upon man through Christ is now yours. That God bestowed everything, all of redemption is in him and upon him. And when you are now brought into Christ, every blessing is now yours. Just as the promises are brought to you, every promise. That's why Romans 11 says that you and I are grafted in and we were no longer strangers. But now we're partakers of the promises and we're now called, you are called now the seed. Galatians 3 tells you, you are now the seed of Abraham. Oh my God. 
Amen. Well, if that bums you out, I'm sorry. Amen. So think about this. So God brings a spirit of adoption to us. He brings us into the family of God. He's given a new man. How many of you ever, we used to say, there's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine, and it's mine. And God says he's going to give us a new name. But your new name is connected to his name. And anytime you give a name to somebody, that's their identity. Now why? That means you're being made with one. What, what, what happens in covenant? What happens in covenant between a man and a woman? They come together, and, and our stupid world is getting away from this. But originally in covenant, a man and a woman come together, and the woman comes under the covering of the man, is made one with the man, and the woman's name is now changed to the name of the man. But in today, we like to have compound names, because we don't want to give up our identity of what I was by myself. So I choose to still like, anyway... I don't want to give up my old identity. I, I lived a long time as that, so I want to preserve that and carry that. That's why you don't have much success as a Christian. Because as long as you keep living by your name instead of his name, you have something between you and him. And you've heard me say it before. I said it last week in communion. To be in communion means nothing between you. To be one with somebody means nothing. Be I can't have anything between me and him and be one with him. That goes, I have to fully accept my new identity of who I am in Christ. That's why Paul, look what Paul said. I can do through Christ. Paul says, my only identity is in him. I have no other identity except in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so for you and I, let's, I'm going to pause on that and go through all this anymore. But uh, Jesus did that same thing, red and drinking. Look at here. He called a man, he formed a man, he breathed into him. Here he called a man, he made covenant with him. Here God formed a body, breathed life into that body, made it the church. We are now one spirit and one man in Christ. And in him, in his blood, we now have a new covenant made of better promises. Sealed in his blood. Amen. So live over here as much as you want. It's your choice. You can hang out over here all you want. I choose to live over here. I choose to go. I'm on a journey. I'm on a discovery to find out through my life in Christ what it means to fully be in Christ. Amen? And hopefully help somebody else find out as well. So look at your outline with me. Jesus came to restore, to bring his resurrection life to those who are alive but actually dead. To restore us to our original purpose. To give us back life more abundantly. The Living Bible says it like this where we read it. You were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the power of the unseen world. But, his, but he is the spirit is at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life. 
when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. You see, the purpose of the resurrection is for us to be able to live our lives forward in Christ. Looking forward into the life and future he has set before us. Not just having to look back at what he has done, but looking and living our lives forward because of what he has done. Amen. We're not backwards looking people. We're forward living people in Christ. Everything God has for us is forward in promise. Can you say amen? And we live that in newness of life. Life is a process of change that moves forward. Change is either positive or negative. How many have found that out? Change is either positive or negative. If we change according to the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we experience a positive growth of change. If we change because of natural, uh, natural or negative desires and according to the course of this world, we see <coughs> failure and negative results. We all must deal with the process of change in two areas, every one of us. This is the transformation. The, the Bible calls transformation. Transformation is a change. And so to go from here to here requires change. You know what the thing we hate to do the most is? Change. Bless God. Don't, don't mess with my comfort zone. I'm just saved enough to be comfortable in God. Don't ask me to go any further. Don't ask me to go any deeper. Don't ask me to think, Pastor, quit being so intense. Quit preaching so deep. Quit making me think so much in church. Amen. Quit giving those deep, heavy outlines. Could you break that down and teach it one outline over 12 weeks, please? No, you're smarter than that. Are you doing all right? Just a couple of the comments. Amen. So watch this. We must all deal with the process of change in two areas. Internally, our attitudes, desires, character, and beliefs. We all have experienced change in these areas, and we're still okay. And then externally, the world around us and how we relate to and work with it and live in it. How many know we have a world that's trying to change drastically overnight? The things that are being handed down and, and the things that are being, trying to be passed and brought into law and brought into our culture and everything else. It's amazing. It's amazing in one year of dealing with a disease to see how radically a whole nation and a population and even a whole world can be changed. You had a kick out it. Mike posted a picture of a guy riding a motorcycle with no helmet on but a mask on. That's God, it could bust his head open, but he's going to be breathing. Okay, amen. <laughs> you, you just look and... <laughs> amen. You see, every day it seems like there are external changes we must process through. Our lives, our surroundings, our bodies, our age, our environment, the economy, our children, our friends... And our looks. But the spirit of a champion never changes. Spirit of a champion never changes. You see, none of those eternal changes affect the newness of life that is within us. When I see myself in Christ and I understand who I am in Christ and the covenant that I have in Him, and I know it's not about me, it's what He did for me. I don't qualify for any of this. He qualified me for all of it. I don't qualify for it. He qualified me for it. He's the qualifier. We are the recipient. Are you doing all right? That's why we read in Romans. While we were yet sinners, 
God commended His love towards us and sent His Son to die for us. Not when we got it right, but when we had it completely wrong. You see, resurrection life gives us the ability to change the world without the world changing us. Those who resist change cannot walk with God and fulfill His plan for their life. Israel's promise was how they proceeded excuse me, process moving forward. You need to understand, God is never stagnant. I can't get to a place in my Christian walk where I become stagnant. In Numbers, it tells you that God, that they would pitch their tent and, and, and the cloud and the fire would stay there. But then when it was time to move, the cloud or the fire would move and the people had to follow God as he moved, leading them. We are told today, they were led by the cloud and by the fire. You and I are the sons of God and we're to be led by the Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit has given us to lead us. The, the thing that qualifies us and makes us son is that we are sons and daughters, is that we are being led by His Spirit. So I can't be stagnant. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to stay where you are. He'll lead you to continually grow in Christ. Are you doing all right? So God's will for our lives is constantly unfolding, and we must be willing to move and change accordingly. You see, the seven words of failure, and you've heard them before. We've never done it this way before. That's been the death of the church forever. We get comfortable. Well, we've never sang songs like that before. We've never done this like that before. We've never done this. We've never done that. Come on, try something new. I bet. That's why we call Dennis Mr. Vanilla. Hey, Dennis, there's more flavors out there than vanilla. That's it. I only eat vanilla. Amen. I'm up there with him. We go out to lunch, and, and we get, he has this one uh, 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 Mexican restaurant we go to, and, and uh, every time we go in there, I go, Dennis, let me order for you. He'll have two cheese enchiladas. Every time. I said, Dennis, there's more stuff on the menu. It's all right. I'm good. A great guy. I love Dennis. He's awesome. Amen. When he comes, I'm making cheese enchilada. Praise the Lord. He's the easy. Amen. So, but there's more out there. We get in there, there's so much. That's the same way we are in God. Pe- people get enough of God and you're just content with God. Well, this is all I need of God. Do you, do you know how much there is of God that you can have? Everything that you have. So change is the process in resurrection. Don't be conformed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We must pursue intentional transformation. Bill, can you come to the keyboard, please? So change is more than just learning. It has to be purposeful. It has to be intentional. It is the ability to adapt and to flow without being moved off of your purpose and destiny. Change is the definition of a champion. The spirit of a champion never changes. Caleb was a true champion. Hear this. His early years molded him. He saw the power of God in miracles. His midlife years established him. He was able to pass through crisis and remain the same while those around him were changed by their circumstances. His later years promoted him. See, Caleb went through the whole exodus, went through the whole denial, went through the whole 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, and then entered into the promised land. And at 85, he said, give me my mountain. And received his promotion. Because the heart of a champion. (coughs) Excuse me. Never changes. So what does it take to be a champion. And live in newness of life. It takes a different spirit. A new spirit. (coughs) 
<coughs> excuse me, Titus chapter 3, you can read those verses for yourself. 5 through 6. God's renewed the Holy Spirit in us. <coughs> excuse me. We need to release ourselves to be changed. We must stay with it and go after it. We need the determination to endure. Your giants will never be too big to fight because giants are too big to miss. Amen. Goliath was too big to miss. How do you miss a giant, man? Anybody could hit that dude. And when you know who... See, David David knew who he was in covenant with God. David knew the covenant that he had with God. That's what enabled him to walk out and defeat the giant. The God whom I serve will deliver you into my hands. He delivered the lion. He delivered the bear. Why is it important to know who you are? You have a covenant with God. In the same way, when you get in this covenant, and, and the same way, watch it, the same way that Abraham's seed was covered under his covenant with God, your seed, you're here, and you have covenant with God, and your seed is now covered under your covenant with God. Everything God does with Israel is based upon his covenant with Abraham. And everybody that is in direct lineage to Abraham, I, we didn't have time to read it. I was going to read Romans 11 to you today. But God has made a declaration that all of Israel will be saved. There's a bunch of stupid replacement theology out there today that makes the church. Listen, that's why I said God only sees. This is all he sees. You read your Bible. God talks about Adam, what was. He talks about Israel. And he talks about Christ. And he doesn't blend those together. This, the body of Christ here, does not cancel this covenant here. God will fulfill his word to Israel. And it says, because of the mercy showed to the Gentiles, God is able to show mercy. Are you doing all right? And so understanding that. And so for us, you know, in our church, I can't help it. This is, this is my mantle. This is my passion just to teach the word of God. I know every Sunday is like a Bible school class. It's supposed to be that way. Supposed to be. We're supposed to be people of the word. You need to have knowledge. So when people ask you a question, and they, why do I have to be saved? Well, do you understand? So you need to study that. Don't just take the notes and put them away or throw them away. Don't leave them on the seat. Take them with you. Study the word of God. Morning. <coughs> Excuse me. Embrace change and be willing to move forward in newness of life. Father, today I thank you for your people. Lord, I thank you that you have us in a season right now as we approach Resurrection Sunday. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of you, Lord Jesus. You came, you lived, you died. You conquered death, hell, and the grave for us so that we could be born anew by your Spirit into new life with you. To be brought into your covenant with the Father. Lord, today we thank you 
for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that it's all you and none of us. You're the one who has qualified us and made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. So, Father, today I pray your blessing over your people. I pray, Father, for wisdom, clarity, and understanding to know what it means to give their life to you in Christ and to live in the newness of life that you have for them. So, Father, I pray that you will lead them, guide them, and direct them by your Spirit whom you've given to us. And I bless them today in Jesus' name. Somebody said? Amen. Amen. I, I, I don't know why the Lord woke me yesterday and told me to teach this this morning. I, I don't have the why behind it. I just know to obey. Amen. Because somebody needed clarity and understanding. Did anybody learn anything this morning? Today was a teaching class. It wasn't just a preaching class. This is for teaching. You preach for a decision and you teach for maturity. Amen. You teach to bring people to a decision. I mean, preach to bring people to a decision. But you teach to bring people to maturity. God wants mature believers, especially in this day and in this hour. You need to know what you know and believe what you know. Amen? Because so much pulling you in so many different directions. So hold on to the Word of God. I'm going to stay here after I dismiss you. If you need prayer for anything, I'm going to be here. Sue and I, our leaders will be here to pray with you. So if you need prayer for anything, we're here to pray for you. We love you. God bless you. I announce the men. We are going to uh, the Persian New Year celebration tomorrow. Ray has, has an engagement as well. So our men are not meeting tomorrow. We'll be back next Monday night. But we will be here this Saturday for our men's breakfast. Ladies, yeah, I heard you guys are amazing artists you color my world you're awesome amen you're awesome we love you god bless you have a blessed day if you need prayer don't go that way come this way we'd love to pray with you this morning god bless you have a